All right. Um, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, Jim Schulman here uh, from a very rainy uh, Nashville. Um, uh, we're glad that people have joined us this afternoon for um, our second webinar presented by the uh, Tennessee Commission on Aging and Disability. Um, and today's agenda is primarily going to focus on um, uh, food insecurity, but um, we're going to cover a couple of other things as well. But um, before I start, um, let me remind everybody that if you have questions throughout the, uh, the presentation, uh, type them into the chat panel, uh, which will be to the right. And um, at the end of this uh, webinar, we will um, try to answer as many questions as we can. And if we don't, we'll, we, we get the questions and then we can always try to respond back to you as well, okay? So again, remember all throughout this uh, program, in order to give you more time, if you have a question, uh, type it in at that point, all right? So um, so the agenda is up on the right. Uh, that's me on the left. That was me, uh, I think, last week or whatever. Um, but uh, the agenda is um, basically we're going to give you a quarterly data update, uh, a quick legislative update, uh, and then spend most of the time talking about older adult food insecurity, all right? So um, just to kind of keep you all in the loop in terms of how we're doing, uh, this is information from the Tennessee Commission on Aging and Disability, but obviously involves uh, the area agencies on uh, aging and disability, um, their work as well. During the fourth quarter of 2017, uh, April to June 2017, uh, you see the number of undelivered meals that, that we delivered, uh, just over 300,000, that served about 5,600 people. Congregate meals, 210,000, almost 211,000 meals. Uh, about 8,800 people were served during that period of time, that quarter period, uh, by congregate meals. Uh, and we helped about 906 individuals under family caregiver. Options, which many of you know, is our program, the Commission on Aging's program, dealing with um, homemaker services and personal care services and meals as well. Uh, during that quarter, that fourth quarter period, we served uh, 2,281 individuals. Um, and then the last one, the last category is SHIP, the State Health Insurance Assistance Program. Uh, we uh, had uh, contacts. Uh, with the SHIP program, that's our Medicare Assistance Program. We had individual contacts counting uh, or numbering 28,804. Uh, interesting to note that um, in the fourth quarter of 2017 as compared to the fourth quarter in 2016, that was a 66% increase. So uh, big jump there in terms of helping the people on the SHIP program. So that was, the, that was kind of the data uh, update um, legislative update, and it's primarily federal. Um, obviously, you all know that the state legislature has adjourned for the summer except for study committees, uh, but the federal government uh, took some action last week that uh, we thought people needed to know about, and we're still reviewing all this. Um, uh, you know, they have a, um, a, a more complicated budget process than we would just because there's so many other issues that they've got going on. But um, the reason to bring this up is that the House Appropriations Committee um, 
dealing with uh, health and human services and primarily the Older Americans Act budget uh, and the Administration on Community Living budget, they um, they have approved, that House Appropriations Committee approved funding for our basic services under Older Americans Act, and you can see them listed there, nutrition, HCBS, ombudsman, and so forth, at primarily the same levels of funding as um, as fiscal year 17. So we are basically assuming that they were to pass this, we are basically where we were last year in terms of the fiscal year uh, 17 budget. Um, the reason to note um, all of this is basically the bottom part, which is the SHIP program, which I told you was the State Health Insurance Assistance Program. Uh, the funding for that program under the, what the House Appropriations Committee passed, um, that program has been eliminated. Um, we are busy trying to figure out exactly what that means. Obviously, it's the House Appropriations Committee. Um, we're trying to understand the whole process. Uh, the bill has not gone through the Senate Appropriations Committee. We're trying to understand why, all the ramifications, what does it mean, how are other states involved. Um, so it's one of those things that we're keeping a very, very close eye on, trying to understand all the issues. Um, last year, well, you can see by the previous slide that we really jumped the number of people we had contacts with, trying to provide one-on-one -on -one help and counseling to people who were on Medicare. Um, last year during the fiscal year, we helped over 100,000 people on this program. Um, I consider it one of the better programs that we've got. Um, you know, um, in all of, you know, different programs from the federal government, there are good programs and there are not so good programs. Um, this one is a good one. This one helps seniors, helps families that are trying to understand Medicare for their parents. Um, it is a very, very solid program, particularly when it comes to Part D coverage during open enrollment, helping people understand uh, the most cost-effective drug program they can be on. Um, very important program, and we're doing our best to try to figure out if we can hold on to it. So primarily, um, what we're going to talk about today is food insecurity. Um, and what you see in front of you are two different definitions. Uh, the first one, food insecurity, is the limited or uncertain availability of nutritionally adequate and safe foods, or limited or uncertain ability to acquire acceptable foods in socially acceptable ways. Um, and then the second definition, food insecurity in elderly persons comprises not only limited food affordability, availability, and accessibility, but also altered food use. Um, there's another way of looking at it, food insecurity. Um, this one is an upside-down triangle. Um, you see high food security, those are people that aren't worried about eating, aren't worried about accessing adequate food. And then obviously it goes down from there. Um, marginal food security um, basically means that people do worry some. Um, for purposes of this slide and this definition, they've got marginal food security listed under being food secure. It's mainly because people are worried, but they are somehow getting their food. But once you start going down further, you start seeing problems, real serious problems. Uh, low food security. Uh, reduced diet, um, quality, variety, and desirability. Those are people who um, may not be eating um, 
things that they may want to. They don't have a variety. They may be eating the same thing. Um, they're just not in a position really to, to adequately get the right types of food uh, for consumption. Uh, that's low food security. Uh, very low food security, eating patterns disrupted, that means that people are missing meals and the food intake is reduced. Um, that bottom slide, that bottom red triangle, um, you know, the bottom two and maybe even the third one is are things we worry about, but that bottom one is where people are just not eating, so we worry very, very much about that. So um, why does food insecurity matter? So several years ago, um, Tennessee, um, well, uh, a group called InFish does a study every year, I believe, that talks about food insecurity. So um, about three or four years ago, uh, the report came out and Tennessee was second worst in the country. Uh, we consistently right near the bottom in terms of food insecurity. Um, and because of that, we have food insecure older adults that end up with increased risk for chronic diseases. So you can see the numbers there depression, heart attack, asthma, congestive heart failure, much more likely if you're food insecure. Um, so not only uh, do we have, um, you know, in a, in a country and in a state that has plenty of food, do we have people that aren't eating or are scared of not eating because they're having to figure out, you know, how to get food. Um, but because of that, we have increased health risks that are going on. So you can see all that in terms of um, the numbers that we've got. Um, so going on to the next slide, um, when we saw that infest study several years ago, when there was um, um, an, the indication that we were the second worst in the country, uh, we wanted more information because the only way to um, the only way to figure out how to deal with this is to actually understand it. So we asked several different questions in the study, and we contracted with Middle Tennessee State University to do it. What's the prevalence of food insecurity among Tennessee's lower-income adults, uh, older adults? Uh, what are factors are associated with food insecurity in older adults? And what interventions might best address the issue? So again, we partnered with MTSU. They did the survey for us. They talked to 429 individuals. They were Tennessee residents. They all had a landline telephone. They were 60 plus, household incomes less than $35,000, and they were English speaking. That was, that was basically the sample size that we had, 429 individuals. And based upon that, based upon the numbers, using that data and with a margin of error of 4%, um, the prevalence of food insecurity among older Tennesseans across the state is 21%, um, which is Horrible. So um, out of that, I mean, really, really high numbers of people that consider or would be considered under the definitions of being food insecure. Um, so a couple things to know, individuals who are food insecure, there are barriers to accessing food, accessing food, those are basically a lot of the things that you would think of economic, people don't have the money. Uh, physical access, don't have the means to get to where the food is. Uh, transportation or barriers once they get there and barriers to adequate intake, health uh, would be one. Um, that's intake of food. You know, we have a bad teeth problem in Tennessee. People don't have a lot of their teeth when they get older, uh, so they have trouble chewing their food. Um, that would be a health um, reason. 
social and psychological, um, we have a lot of people who are alone and um, for various reasons they don't want to eat by themselves, so they don't. Economic barriers, this again is primarily the one that most people would think of. Uh, among the food insecure folks in terms of the poll that we did, in terms of the survey, 63% uh, of those who identified themselves as food insecure had to choose between medicine or food. So a typical example, you know, you get to the end of the month and you're you don't have much money left on your on your budget, and you've got to decide whether to go buy your medicine or eat. Um, the number was 58.4 percent. The one at the bottom choose between utilities or food. So you know you're going to freeze um, or try to survive in this type of heat that we've got, or you're going to buy food. So really, really high numbers. Um, here was a quote from our um, from the survey. Uh, so female age 65, remember uh, 65 is uh, not that old, it's actually pretty young. Uh, had a husband and he died and I always had what I wanted to have when he was living. Uh, when I look in my refrigerator and don't have enough, I just eat less. Um, I'll eat a piece of bread till I can have another meal or one piece of chicken and save the rest. Uh, here's another female age 67, just a little bit older. Uh, income is low. I have doctor bills that I'm paying constantly, and that kind of thing causes me to have to cut down on what kinds of foods I can buy and how many because all I have is Social Security, so financially, oh my goodness. So remember, if you go to the store, the cost of food is up high. Uh, people are having trouble making it. Um, fiscal access, 29% um, of those who identified as food insecure didn't have transportation to get food. Um, and then 26% didn't have an accessible place to get food. What that means is uh, they may be able to get to the store, but they may not be able to deal with getting around the store. They may be on um, a walker. They may be, you know, in a, um, a scooter. Uh, they just may not be able to get around big places that uh, maybe have, have food. So think about going to a grocery store and trying to get around. It's hard enough sometimes now for people who can move around. Think about having if you if you don't have good mobility, trying to get around a big giant grocery store and get the food that you need. Uh, another quote. Let's face it: when we get older, especially when our eyesight isn't as good as it should be, um, I don't need to be in a lot of traffic that I'm not accustomed to, so I don't go to Kroger very often. That female is age 79. Here's a female age 68. Uh, major thing is the shopping, the not being able to really walk and get around the store and take the time to get what I think I need. Um, you know, um, sometimes when I go to the grocery store, there's a million people in there and you see people having str or struggling just to be able to get the stuff that they need. Um, among food insecure folks, um, for health, 47% uh, uh, couldn't get food due to health reasons. Uh, that's a variety of things. Again, um, think of people who are sick in bed, uh, who don't feel very good, who have trouble getting up, have knee problems, um, arthritis, whatever. Um, also a factor in terms of being food insecure, uh, they could um, couldn't get food because of health reasons. 
And then the 39%, the, the number at the bottom, teeth and mouth problems, again, a major problem in the state of Tennessee, made it hard to eat. Um, people having trouble chewing, uh, gum disease, um, you know, don't eat because it hurts. So uh, another factor regarding uh, food insecurity. We have a female who was 69. Uh, this is what she said. It's excruciating to try to stand or try to chop things or stand and do dishes or whatever. I mean, you have to do what you have to do, but if you can get away from the pain, uh, you're going to, I wouldn't say I've skipped it, but what I've done is if I was in too much pain, I would have butter and one slice of bread. So think of those people who really do have serious problems, health problems in terms of standing up for long periods of time or just having the mobility to get to the kitchen. And if they can't prepare a nutritious meal or any type of meal, they may get um, what you see on this quote. They may just not be able to stand it for very long and do the best that they can. Uh, social psychological, uh, among food insecure folks again, 26% uh, didn't know who to ask for assistance. So um, we have an information and assistance line within our program that goes to the area agencies on aging and disability. There are certainly places that people can call, but if they don't know who to ask, um, that is a problem. Um, and then 22% didn't eat because they didn't want to eat alone. So we talked about that. Uh, various reasons for that, sometimes depression, sometimes not. But um, they may not have eaten because um, they didn't want to eat alone. So go back up to the 26% didn't know who to ask for assistance. Um, one of the numbers that um, I think that we haven't seen, uh, and we're going back to, to check, but um, we're not sure. Um, one of the reasons some people don't um, eat is because they don't want to ask for assistance, okay? So um, that's another reason that kind of fits in that category of being food insecure. Uh, female age 74, you will find that uh, people who are actually in need or embarrassed to admit to the fact that they are in need. Uh, that's just what I was talking about. It's just that pride that they have that they are starving to death, I think it goes back comes back to right after World War II when they had the, the line to feed people, and this is a mental block. We hear about this for a variety of reasons. People don't think that they're entitled to it. Um, they've worked all their lives. They're too embarrassed to admit the fact that they're in need. They'd rather feed somebody else. They think that somebody else is more deserving. Um, they're um, embarrassed to ask. And so we have people who are hungry who aren't getting fed. Uh, what are we doing to address this issue? So TCAT has spent a lot of time trying to figure out efforts that we, along with our partners, can do around the state. Uh, you see them blocked off in certain categories, social psychological, INA is information and assistance services, people finding the resources that they need, an online resource database, a congregate mail locator, uh, you have health issues, uh, preventative health awareness, Collaboration for dental services, remember the teeth issue, health promotion and prevention, uh, trying to get people in better shape as they get older. Uh, physical access, a transportation map, you can see that on our website. Uh, there are a series of volunteer transportation programs that are going up all over the state to get people to places, including grocery stores and food pantries. Uh, 
you know, uh, if you keep an eye on it, you'll see more and more developing, which is really, really good. Uh, we advocate for livability along with a number of other departments and agencies. Economic shift, Medicare canceling, that's that shift program that's, um, that we're trying to hold on to. Um, shift saves people money. It's very, very important. Uh, LIHEAP um, is another program um, through, um, that you can get through INA services. LIHEAP is uh, when you need help with heating and, and uh, like basically heating assistance um, during the cold months, you can uh, apply for that. Um, and then you've got SNAP outreach, which is um, the old food stamps program. Um, that's a way of actually getting more food into people's hands. So and, and again, another program that's very important. What else can we do? Um, so. There's that SNAP program, increased utilization of SNAP. Less than half of SNAP eligible older adults are participating in the program. Um, you know, again, people may not want to do it because they're too embarrassed, but this is a program uh, to get more help to seniors. That's very, very important. And um, people need to sign up and take advantage of it. It is a program for people so that they won't be hungry. So um, anyway, very, very important program. A couple of other things to be aware of, AARP, their foundation, has the Fresh Savings Program, which is a great program. People going to, to uh, farmers markets uh, and you get, um, uh, they add benefits to the, um, their SNAP program. So um, it's a great program for people. They actually, I think in some cases, double the benefit if people spend a certain amount of money. Uh, you have the, the Commodity Supplemental Food Program which is run out of the United States Department of Agriculture, another program out there. There's the LIHEAP we talked about, Low Income Home Energy Assistance Program, uh, and then No Hungry Senior, um, <clears throat> which is coming out of uh, uh, Memphis and is particularly for people um, who have been hospitalized who are coming out and you want to make sure that they don't come back in the hospital. So if people are struggling about getting medicine or food, this is about making sure that we cover the food so they can get their medication and they don't have to go back into the hospital. So uh, lots of different programs that are going on among a variety of different players around the state. Fiscal access, I think this was an interesting one. If you look to the left, um, you're going to see a store that looks like it has a wider aisle and see that bench in the front. It's a place to sit down and rest. If you're, um, uh, as you're going around the store, you can take a break. Um, if you look in the middle, you'll see those uh, grocery carts. Those are magnifying glasses to help people see things as they're uh, moving around. That's pretty clever. And then the two ladies on the right are at a relaxed checkout. Um, so those are for folks who don't want to be rushed when they're checking out and, you know, have to worry about all that. Uh, you can take your time when you're checking out. Some people, you know, rush. You've been in the grocery stores. You've seen that everybody wants to get through the line. But some people um, are going to take a little bit more time, and so this is a new concept, relaxed checkout uh, for, for people who want to take a little bit more time in terms of checking out with their groceries. Um, so we're always trying to increase transportation options as well. That's on that list. Um, health, um, we're really working on trying to increase access to dental services. And then uh, the bottom one, home-delivered meals for individuals who are homebound due to health. Um, those are people who have come out of the hospital or for some reason um, can't go get food because of health reasons, and so we're making sure that we get them some home-delivered meals as well. 
Social psychological, raise awareness and reduce stigma. We want to make sure people know that they can go get SNAP or go get food at different places. And we don't want people feeling, um, you know, um, uncomfortable with the idea of asking for help or going to get food. Those are some things on the right. Those pictures on the right are some things that we're working on within our agency to make sure that people understand that it's okay uh, to get a home-delivered meal, that it's okay to reach out, that everybody needs to eat well. And then you see uh, increased access uh, to our online resource database and our phone number, our INA resource line, connects to uh, our area agencies across the state, you get to the right place, and you can get some information about um, information assistance. Um, so that hopefully people do take advantage of it or people who know that other people are struggling or need to get food, you can use that line and we can certainly try to provide help. So um, that's the presentation for today. Um, we have about five minutes left for questions. And um, I'm going to see what types of questions uh, we've got. Um, so remember that if you've got a question, you can type it in um, on the right in the chat panel. Um, and uh, so um, here are some questions coming in right now. Um, first one, you mentioned in your slides a report on food insecurity. Where can I find out more and uh, when will the report be released? Okay, so again, this was something the Commission on Aging and Disability did, uh, contracting with uh, Middle Tennessee State University to do it. Uh, the report and the findings will be posted on our uh, Tennessee Commission on Aging and Disability website, uh, which is um, www.tn.gov backslash aging. Um, again, www.tn.gov backslash aging. And that will be, um, um, should be posted by the end of this year. And if you have specific questions about the report, you can certainly, uh, there's our contact information on the screen. You can certainly reach us that way. 615-741-2056. Uh, Next question, um, I'm just looking at it. That is not, that's a forward slash. I'm sorry, um, I've been calling it a backslash. Uh, www.tn.gov forward slash aging, H-G-I-N-G, so I'm sorry for that. Uh, in our website, tn.gov forward slash aging. Uh, next question, why do so, so few older adults enroll in SNAP? Um, so we've talked about that. A lot of senior state barriers related to mobility and technology and that stigma. Um, and are discouraged by myths and other concerns about how the program works and who can qualify. I know there's something out there. I think some people qualify for $16 in benefits under SNAP. Um, I think that's the lowest amount you can get. If you, um, if you really go through it and you take, um, you answer all the questions and you take deductions off for, I think it's for medical and for, um, I think there's also a kind of a home-based discount that can be used. Uh, you actually can actually get more benefits. Um, $16 may not be a lot for some people on limited incomes, actually a lot more than you think. And again, if, you, um, if you're interested or if you want to figure out, uh, you know, if you qualify and what you may qualify for, 
you can certainly call your local area agency on aging disability, your local AAAD, or call your local DHS office. Or you can call the staff hotline. And it's not up here, but I can give you the number. And you can certainly call us or the AAAD or your local DHS office. Uh, that SNAP hotline is 1-866-311-4287. Again, 866-311-4287. Um, was the study done statewide? That was a question also that's come in, and the answer is yes. Um, we, um, we needed to do it statewide. We uh, did a diverse sample of households statewide. Um, and so the questions and the sample base was distributed uh, to all areas across the state. So, um, yeah, the statewide survey, uh, we're a statewide agency, and we um, obviously are trying to deal with us on a statewide basis. Looking at another question, um, let's see, what more can we do to advocate for older adults who are food insecure? Um, so a lot of the stuff that we've been doing, we posted up on the board, but um, we can um, work together, again, with um, uh, our AAADs, any nutrition providers, other organizations out there uh, to raise awareness, uh, to provide education, and to advocate. Um, we want people, I mean, we live in a country, and again, in a state where we should not have this problem. For people, we have plenty of food, um, we've got to get the food connected to people that are hungry or food insecure. That's very, very important, very important to all of us um, in our society to make sure that we don't have people, in, and in this case, because we're the Commission on Aging Disability, seniors and older Tennesseans who aren't eating. Um, we can help. We all just have to work together and figure out how to do this. Are there more innovative programs in our state you can mention related to food insecurity in older adults? So um, we have partnerships between senior centers and uh, Walmart stores. Um, we have a lot of nutrition providers that apply for grant funds to provide for things like pet food for home-delivered meal clients. So um, that's one of those issues that we talk about as well is that a lot of people who are getting, maybe getting uh, SNAP benefits or getting some food assistance and to feed other people first, and sometimes, um, particularly if they have grandchildren or uh, animals, sometimes they'll do that first. So there are programs, because we are paying attention to this and who's doing what with what, that um, there are programs to help out in all those situations because we want older Tennesseans to not go hungry. Um, I think that that's it. I think we're out of time for the day. Um, there were more questions, and we will answer all those questions via email. Um, or if you have questions, particularly call us. Uh, there's our phone number. There's our email address. Um, we appreciate you being on the webinar. I hope these things are helpful. Uh, we'll have another one again. Um, we are um, the Commission on Aging and Disability, along with its partners, are doing a lot of work out there. Uh, if you want to get engaged with us, call us. Uh, I know a lot of you are partners out there as well, and you're doing good work as well. Um, let's continue to fight to make a difference. Thank you, and um, we'll catch you the next time.